Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Let's open to Nehemiah chapter one. I tell you, beloved saints, we are in the midst of revival and God today wants us to be in that continual flow. Today, we're going to speak to you about the spiritual significance of rebuilding the ruins of revival. How many of you are ready to continue on what God began to impart to us during Pentecost? We want that revival, don't we? We want that outpouring of the Holy Ghost, don't we, beloved saints? Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter one, beloved saints, begins to teach us about rebuilding the ruins of revival. Let us open to Nehemiah one and I will um, begin. The Bible says the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Hallelujah. The Bible says it came to pass in the month of Kislev in the 20th year, I was in Shushan, the palace that one of my brethren came, he and a certain book that Hanani, one of my brethren came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped the captivity, the Jews that had escaped and were left of the captivity concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity are there in the province and there is great affliction and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates thereof are burnt with fire fire. And when I heard these words, and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now, beloved saints, I'm just going to give you a brief background for those who are not familiar with this, this text. We right now on God's biblical calendar, because God's calendar is the calendar of divine providence. It's a calendar that we know, beloved saints, that even before the foundation of the world, all of the mighty redemptive acts of God, for example, were spoken into existence in the first seven days of creation. When God created the heavens and the earth, the mighty acts of redemption while he is creating the heavens and the earth were encoded in the creation story. And we saw this, those of you who study with us know this very well in the book of Genesis. For example, let me give an example. For example, in the book of Genesis in the first chapter in verses six through nine, we see when God on the second day of creation divided the waters from the waters. The upper waters were divided from the lower waters. This was the second act of creation that we see in the creation story. Let us look just for a moment because I sense just for a moment the Spirit of God leading us in that create creation story. It says, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Now, that is a very important phrase. Let it divide the waters from the waters. Because why? In the creation story, God was already speaking his word into the waters. Amen. 
So that on Passover, when Moses led the children of Israel to the Red Sea, when he stretched out his rod over the sea, the Bible says, God said, command the waters and let it divide. Almost the exact words verbatim that are said in the creation story happened at the Red Sea. Why? Because God already consecrated the time of Passover and commanded when he commanded water and created water, he already created the water to part at the Red Sea. Are you with me? Moses didn't part the Red Sea. He just stretched out his hand. It was God who almighty, who already spoke the word into the water in the creation story. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. Okay, we also see, beloved saints, that um, all throughout the creation story, which we're not going to take a sidebar and we're not going to verify, but those of you who study the biblical feasts know that all the biblical feasts are hidden in the creation story, every one of them. All right, why? Because these are designated days when the biblical feasts happen on earth. These are designated times of, of the power of divine providence. Coming up Saturday is going to be a very powerful time because of the blood of Jesus. And that time is the 21 days of messianic miracles. You may say, Dr. Corral, what are the 21 days of messianic miracles? Let's look and see just for a moment at the Bible, what the Bible says in the book of Zechariah, the eighth chapter and the 19th verse. I will share with you. Now, those of you who are not familiar with Nehemiah or Zechariah, Zechariah was a prophet of the return. You may say, what is the return? That means after the Babylonian exile, after the city of Jerusalem was burnt, sacked, destroyed, after the temple burnt to the ground by the Babylonians, and all of the treasures of God that were in Solomon's temple, billions of dollars worth in today's market, were taken to Babylon, and every person living in the land of Israel, specifically in Jerusalem, was exiled to Babylon. That those 21 days, which I'm speaking of, from the 17th day of the fourth month, which on the biblical calendar is Saturday, all the way to the ninth day of the fifth month, which is three weeks, known as Tishabov. We'll see that these were originally designated days of mourning and weeping and still today in Israel. If you go to Israel, you will see the Jews on these days weeping at the Wailing Wall and on Tisha B'Av, there are tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of Jews weeping and wailing over the loss of both temples because the first temple was destroyed on Tisha B'Av and the second temple hundreds of years later after it was rebuilt was also destroyed on Tisha Above. So I want you to see that the promise is when Messiah comes, those days of weeping and mourning are going to be reversed. And those 21 days will be days of return. That means leaving Babylon and returning. They will be days of restoration. They will be days of reoccupation. That means going back to the land of promise. And they will be days of divine compensation. Those of you who do not know what divine compensation is, is that God is 
going to take care of all your shame. God is going to take care of all your pain. And you are not going to be left in the place that you are right now. The God that you serve, hallelujah, they that sow in tears are going to reap in joy. And he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. In case you think Psalm 126 that I just quoted verses 5 and 6 doesn't actually, what does that have to do with the 21 days of Messianic miracles? It has everything to do with it. Because when the Jews were going back to Jerusalem, this is called a Psalm of Degrees. When they were going back to Zion, they sang songs returning. And one of the songs that they sang returning back to Zion was Psalm 126. Hallelujah. They that sow in tears. The Bible says in Psalm 126, verse 1, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Put your hands up and say, it's time for God to redeem the dream in my life. I'm going to get my dream back. I'm going to get my hope back because this is a season of hope. This is a season of return. This is a season of restoration after devastation. And I don't know about you, but I am getting ready to take back everything. Hallelujah. That God's got for me. Somebody should shout the victory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, all right. I, I just have to kind of follow the leading of the Holy Ghost if you don't mind. Hallelujah. The fourth month is also a breaking month. It's the month of God revealing himself as the breaker. How many of you need some stuff broken? You need some stuff broken off your life, but you also need some breakthroughs and you're believing God for a breaker anointing. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 52 just for a moment so that you will understand why this is a month of breaking. Coming up next Saturday will be the 17th day of the month of the fourth month, which is the month of Tammuz. And actually this historically speaking is the day that the Babylonians broke into the city walls. All right, Jeremiah 52. And since this is not in my um in my um, notes tonight, I'm just going to quickly go to Jeremiah 52, and we are going to look, beloved saints, at verse 6. And the Bible says, and in the fourth month, say that's the month we're in now on the biblical calendar. And in the ninth day of the month, the famine was sore in the city so that there was no bread for the people to eat. Verse 7 says, then the city was broken up. Say, then the city was broken up. Then the city broken up. Hallelujah. Now, why are we saying anything about the city breaking up? Because the day of the breaking was very significant, okay? The walls were broken down on the 17th day of the month of Tammuz, which is not a coincidence because nothing in the Bible is by accident or by coincidence. Everything happens by the power of providence. That means when anything happens, God already knew about it and God has his hand on it. 
All right, so why did God allow the 17th of Tammuz to be the fourth month, to be the day that the, the Babylonians broke into the city of Jerusalem and sacked the city for three weeks and destroyed it on the ninth of Av? And why did it happen hundreds of years later during the Roman Empire? Jesus prophesied that the temple would be destroyed, and in 70 AD, 37 years after his resurrection, on the same day, the 17th day of the month of Tammuz, the very same day, hundreds of years later, the Romans break down the walls. And again, for three weeks, not coincidental, they sacked the city again. And on Tisha B'Av, the very same day that the first temple was destroyed, we have the second temple being destroyed. And the question is why? All right, well, we need to understand it was already established that, that when Israel comes to a place within this, the, the state of Israel, when they, um, or the people of Israel, when they come to a place that they are equal with the sin of the golden calf, when there are sins that are so grievous that were equal with the sins of the golden calf, what happened when Moses took those two tablets and broke them? Then that breaking comes again. All right, let me explain it to you. All right, the Bible tells us, let's go to Exodus chapter 19 so you can follow me with dates. In Exodus chapter 19, looking at verses 1 and 2, it's very important for us to note that Moses came, led the children of Israel to Mount Sinai. Um, the Bible tells us in the third month. The Bible says, in the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth from the land of Egypt, on the same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. So we need to see it was actually the third day of the third month. And they departed from Rephidim and came to the desert and they had pitched in the wilderness and there they camped before the mount. Now we need to understand God then began to speak to Moses and told the people to sanctify themselves for three days. So now we have the sixth day of the third month. On the sixth day of the third month, Moses goes up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. And the Bible tells us in Genesis, in Exodus 24, that on the seventh day, he enters into the deep, deep, thick darkness where God is. And he is with God for 40 days and 40 nights. So if we do the easy mathematical equation here, Moses went up into the mountain. Uh, they, they came on the sixth day of Sivan, which is the third month. Moses waited till the seventh day to enter the cloud where God was. So on the seventh day begins a 40-day count because Moses was in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights receiving the Ten Commandments, wasn't he? He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Let's go for a moment to Deuteronomy chapter 9 so we can verify that fact. Jeremiah, uh, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 9, and we will look at verse 9. Deuteronomy 9, Moses is reiterating to the next generation what happened on the mountain. All right, that God came himself to the mountain, and God handed him the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Moses didn't make those tablets. God did. Hello, somebody. The Bible says in verse 9, And when I was gone up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, even the tablets of the covenant, watch, which the Lord made with you, then I abode in the mount forty days and forty nights, and neither did I eat bread or drink. 
Now watch this, continuing the context. And the Lord delivered unto me the two tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. So if God delivered the tablets of stone, God made the tablets of stone, God wrote them with his finger. I want you to understand how holy those commandments are. If you're with me, say amen. Uh, now the Bible says, which the Lord spoke to you with you in the mount, in the midst of the fire, in the day of the assembly. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days and 40 nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of the of stone. Notice Moses doesn't get those tablets till God gives them to him. Are you with me? and said, Arise, get thee down quickly from hence, for thy people which you have brought forth out of the land of Egypt have quickly turned, they have corrupted, corrupted themselves and quickly turned aside from the way, out of the way which I have commanded them, and they have made them a molten image. This is the sin of the golden calf. They were worshiping the golden calf when Moses came down from the mountain with the two tablets that God wrote, with the two tablets God gave him. And what did he do? The Bible says, and ver, uh, the Bible says, going back up to verse, um, ver, going back down to verse 16, and the Bible says here, uh, going back up to 15. So I came down with the tablets, hallelujah, with the two tablets that were in my hands. And the Bible tells us, verse 19, that Moses took the tablets and he broke them. So beloved saints, he broke the tablets. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. He broke the tablets and the, the, from that point on, going back up, that there were no, that there that there were no more, that the spirit of God was so grieved that at that point, the tablets were utterly shattered. And as a result of being totally shattered, it began a breaking in the fourth month, but a breaking only when Israel is at the point of the sin of the golden calf. And this is why on the 17th of Tammuz, on the same day Moses came down, say it's the same day, 40 days later. 40 days. Say the day that Moses broke the Ten Commandments, is the day the Babylonians broke the walls. And it's the day the Romans broke the walls. But now because of Messiah, it's reversed. And say, it's still a month of breaking. Say it with me. It's still a month of breaking. But it's a month of breakthrough, not a breakdown. And somebody ought to give God the praise. Hallelujah. Go with me. Dear people of God, it says he took the ten, the two tablets of the commandments and he cast them out of my hands and broke them, verse 17, and I broke them before your eyes. They saw the commandments break. Are you with me? So a breaking has been established by heaven for the fourth month. But now because of Messiah, because of Messiah, say it's all reversed. 
look at Zechariah 8.19. I'm going to prove it to you so you can get ready to shout in a minute. All right. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 19. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Therefore, love the peace and truth. These four fasts are Jerusalem fasts. They are the fasts that come as a time of weeping and mourning, commemorating the Babylonian invasion and commemorating the sacking of Jerusalem by the Romans. But God said they're going to become joyful feasts, and that can only happen in the time of the Messiah. Say this with me. I'm getting ready to enter into a season. A divine time of return, recovery, restoration, and breakthrough. Somebody should shout the victory. God is telling me to pronounce upon this group tonight the breaker anointing. I want you to go with me to the book of Micah, the second chapter and the 13th verse. I want you to understand that in this fourth month, it's already been established in the heavens that this is a month of breaking. I command in the name of Jesus every person in this place that has needs a breaking, those who need a breaking of bondage, those who need a breaking in their family, those who need a breaking, hallelujah, in their bodies. They need a yoke broken. They need a stronghold broken in the name of Jesus through his blood because it's a blood-bought promise. We command in Jesus' name that the breaker anointing be released in this house today. Notice what it says. The breaker is come up before them. They have broken up and they have passed through the gate. They are gone out by it. And their king shall pass before them. And the Lord is the head of them. Say this with me. The breaker has gone out. Okay, Ezekiel 1.1. I want to speak this breaking anointing upon you. Ezekiel 1.1. What is going to break this month? What do we have access to? You see, but through Jesus Christ, we can claim right now this breaker anointing Ezekiel 1.1. Notice it says it came to pass in the 30th year. Ezekiel, of course, is a prophet in exile. He was exiled in the first deportation and taken to Babylon in 606 B.C., before the Babylonians destroyed the city of Jerusalem. Ezekiel was among the captives that were uh, taken, like Daniel, Ezekiel. And the Bible tells us, it came to pass in the 30th year in what month? In what month? Say, this is the fourth month. Okay, it came to pass in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, that I was among the captives by the river, and watch this, the heavens were opened 
and I saw the visions of God. I release right now a breaker anointing for the heavens to be opened over you. Those of you that have not been able to hear from God, those of you that you feel the heavens have been locked up in the name of Jesus, Father, release an open heaven over your people. Let us hear. Let us see. Let us touch heaven. God, in the name of Jesus, release the anointing. Can we give God the praise and the glory? Hallelujah. The manifestation of revelation. Say it. Now let's go to Isaiah 54. And in Isaiah 54, we're going to see the second secret of the breaker anointing that God wants to give to you right now. And that second secret of the breaker anointing is the barrenness. Those of you that have not been able to bear forth your dream, you feel like it's been all tied up. Is there anyone here that says, God, I've labored and I haven't seen any fruit? If there's anyone here that says, God, I prayed, but when are you going to answer? Is there anyone here? that says, I feel like I'm barren. I feel like I don't see fruit from my labor. I feel like I've labored and it's for nothing. But God's got a word of consolation for you during the 21 days of Messianic miracles. What we're about to read is a promise to Jerusalem. I want you to understand Isaiah was a prophet to Jerusalem. And in the book of Isaiah, Starting with the 40th chapter to the 66th chapter, there are 26 chapters in the book of Isaiah dedicated to the consolation of Jerusalem. So before the Babylonians would ever strike hundreds of years later, actually about 175 years later, 150 years later, we must understand that God already gave the promise and he already gave the deliverance before the dilemma. You see, God's already got an answer for you before the enemy even strikes. God's already got your back before the attack. Somebody ought to say, God's got my back before the attack. And you ought to shout the victory over it. Hallelujah. The Lord is promising every one of us here, sing, O barren, that did not bear. Break forth. Notice the breaker. Break forth. God's going to break something. You're going to break forth. You're not going to even be planning on it, but suddenly something's going to break, and God is about to cause you to shout. God is about to cause you to sing. God is about to cause you to cry aloud. You that did not travail with child, God is saying it's going to happen. Hallelujah. God is so faithful with his promises. God is so faithful. Say he's so faithful. He's so faithful. The third promise God has given you is found in Isaiah 54, verse 3, another breaking. Hallelujah. Say this is the month of the breaker. Because God established it in the heavens. Hallelujah. It was established by God when Moses broke those Ten Commandments. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. The reversal, the reversal, the reversal. Verse 3. Verse 3. You will break forth on the right hand and on the left. 
and your seed shall inherit the Gentiles to make the desolate cities inhabited. What is this? This is a word of consolation to Jerusalem because why? There's nothing left. Okay, the city was absolutely desolate. The city was emptied out. The only way that the prophet Isaiah could describe the grief prophetically so that oftentimes the prophets describe the grief so that we will understand that God is vindicating. You know, when someone, you speak to someone and they truly understand, there's a consolation. You feel like you, have you ever met somebody or been with someone that you trust and love so much that just by talking to them about the burden you're bearing lifts it? Then there are other people, you can talk to them for three hours and they still wouldn't get it, okay? There's others in your lives or persons that God puts in your lives that are so compassionate and love you so much that all they have to do is look at you, take your hand. They don't even have to say any words. They just look at you, take your hand, give a sigh, look into your eyes, tell you how they love you, and the burden is gone. That's how God is. Hello, I said that's how God is. And in order for us to understand how he sympathizes with our suffering and how he vindicates us, there is a vindication. That vindication is when he describes our pain and he does it through the prophets. And so the only way to describe the pain of Jerusalem was through the prophet Isaiah when he likened the pain to a mother bereaved of her children. So this is why Zion has always taken on the identity of a mother. Because why? It, that's why here in Isaiah 54, we saw you're going to forget the shame of your youth. You will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. We, we see these, um, these euphemistic phrases that are very prophetic that God uses in order to sympathize with the suffering and bring the consolation in the midst of their devastation. And so here we see that God is promising the city here. Uh, though there was nothing left, though you were bereft of the children, though there was all the inhabitants of Zion are gone. Here is a promise. God is saying, you are going to break out on the right hand and break out on the left. That means expansion. Say this with me. God is about to bring my destiny into an extension of another dimension. Somebody ought to praise God. He's about to extend your destiny, break you out on the right and break you out on the left. Lord, we establish it right now. We establish the goings right now. We establish it in the realm of the spirit right now that there will not be decrease there will be increase hallelujah hallelujah God is good oh God you are so good and God is saying to you tonight also go with me please to this breaker in Isaiah 45 God is promising you that the doors that have locked in your prophecy. Some people feel like, well, God gave me this word, but I haven't seen anything happen to it. God gave me this word and it's just been, I feel like it's in oblivion. 
God, why, why is it locked up? Why don't I see it happening? Some of you are in a place where you feel it so dark. And first of all, I want you to know that God is saying that he is about to give you the treasures of darkness. Do you know what that means? The treasures of darkness mean that he's going to bring destiny out of your darkness. Say this with me. The darkest day of my life is set for my destiny. Oh, my God. Somebody ought to say the darkest day of my life. Now, I know there are folk in this room right now that can know the darkest day of your life. I, you don't need to sit down and go in a room and think about it. Because the darkest day of your life was the most tragic day of your life, and it's like no other day. Okay, you might have had some really difficult trials in your life. But the one day that was the most tragic day, the darkest day, is going to be used for destiny. Hello, I said it's going to be used for destiny. It's not my word, it's God's word. Notice what the Bible says here in Isaiah chapter 45, looking at verse 1. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus, whom I have holden to subdue nations before him, I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Now look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, I will go before you and make the crooked way straight. Now watch this breaking. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron and I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. Somebody should shout the victory. So I want you to understand the bars of iron. I will break in pieces the bars of iron. Bars of iron are like a prison, aren't they? Aren't the bars of iron something that hold you back? But God is saying, I'm going to break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. Your prophecy is coming out of that place. God is getting ready to open the doors of destiny for you, and somebody ought to give God the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, beloved saints. Oh, Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. I want you just to pray for a moment. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. There is a fountain that's getting ready to break. There are floods that are getting ready to break over you. Go with me to Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. Genesis 7, 11. Oh, glory to God. In the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the what? In the what? Somebody ought to say 17 was meant for breaking. Say, this is the book of Genesis. 
God already established the 17th as a day of breaking. In the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the 17th day of the month, the same day, he wants to make sure we know it's the same day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Say that's it in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word of God is established. Say I'm receiving it right now. I'm receiving the breakthrough right now. I'm receiving the heavens that are being broken up over me. Hallelujah. Lord, we decree that on the 17th, next Saturday, night at sundown, and next week at Healing School on the 17th day of July, which is the 17th of Tammuz, God, may it for 40 days and 40 nights rain the Spirit of God upon us. May the revival be, God, breaking out upon us. May the fountains of the deep be broken up. Say this with me, the fountains of the deep. Oh, God. Now hear the word of the Lord. Some of you, the fountains are about to break up inside of you. Some of you have been holding back some pain in your life and you have held it in and you have been carrying a burden deep inside of you but God says the fountains of the deep are being broken up tonight God's about to set you free God's about to loose you from the pain I just release it right now in the mighty name of Jesus the season that you've been going through honey that is so difficult on you sweetie it's been so painful but God said I haven't forsaken you God is saying all of the promises of this season honey I've engraved it in the palm of my hands your walls are ever before me the Lord says the Lord is saying this breaking is gonna happen and you are gonna see a divine turnaround in your life yes lord yes lord the lord is saying i'm gonna carry you i hear the lord saying you've been bearing the burden and god is saying i'm releasing you from it and in the spirit you're gonna be free hallelujah God, I give you praise. Give God the glory and give God the praise in this place. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Just hallelujah, hallelujah. We don't hold back the spirit of God. Just let the Holy Ghost have his way. 
Hallelujah. Oh, God, we don't get intimidated by anything happening here. God, we allow God to have his way in the house. Come here, Isaiah. Oh, my God. Some deep things are breaking up, son. Some deep things inside of you. You've been separated from your mother's womb, and there's a lot of issues that have grieved you so much and things that you're grieved about you're carrying inside of you. And God says today is the day that the fountains are being broken up inside of you. And God is saying, hallelujah, I'm going to bring you into a season of revival. God is saying, I'm going to bring you into a season of comfort. My spirit's going to be so heavy upon you because I put a Daniel anointing on you, saith the Lord. Oh, somebody ought to shout the victory. Yeah. Oh, just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. The fountains are breaking up. My God, the fountains are breaking up. The fountains are breaking up. We can't hold it in any longer. The fountains are breaking up. The fountains are breaking up inside of us. Hallelujah. The Lord has taken our burden. Hallelujah. The fountains are breaking up. God, we praise you right now. Holy, holy, holy. Oh, my God. I hear the Lord say, I've separated you from your mother's womb. The Lord is saying, your life is pleasing to me, my daughter, and I shall bring you out with a great deliverance. Fear not. I'm going to direct your path, saith the Lord, and I am going to direct you. God is saying he's putting an anointing on your mind to make every decision properly, exactly as he wants it because you're in a crossroad and God is saying he's going to anoint you with such a clarity and he's going to also show you some things that you need to see for your protection. He's going to show him to you because he's faithful to you. And I hear the Lord telling you, uh, uh, Hosea, chapter 2, verse 19, when you go home, read it. These are five covenant promises God makes to Israel as a, as a bride, a bridal promise. And God is saying that his betrothed, he's betrothed to you forever. I'm betrothed to you in mercy. I'm betrothed to you in judgment. I'm betrothed to you in faithfulness. God is saying his faithfulness is not going to depart from you. So God, we give you praise and we give you thanks and we give you glory. And sweetie, let me tell you, all the warfare you've been going through, it's only going to make you a warrior. All the warfare you've been going through is increasing the anointing on your life. And God is saying, I've ordained you for great discernment. And the Lord says, fear not the things that you see, and then I'm going to show you. Because God is saying, I'm going to give you the skilled anointing of an, a skilled warrior to be able to bring down principalities and powers and those spirits that have come against you, you're going to break off other people. So God, we give you praise and we give you thanks. Come on, thank the Lord for his goodness. Oh! God. Oh, God. The Lord says, banquet. 
That's what I hear. Banquet in the presence of your enemies. Banquet. God says there's going to be banquet after banquet that God is preparing for you. You are going to taste of the lights you've never had before that God is preparing for you. And we ought to give God the glory and the praise. Come on, keep the hands raised. Keep the hands raised. Keep the hands raised. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Every single one in this room agrees with you. Every single one in this room is coming alongside you. As I was driving here tonight, God was putting you in front of me, telling me how faithful you have been. Faithful through the whole pandemic, faithful even now. God's not going to fail you. The Lord says to just start a season of nonstop praise because it's coming in. God just says, these are the words, it's coming in. So God says, start praising me with a nonstop season of praise in your mouth, saith the Lord. Fill the atmosphere with my praise, saith the Lord. For I'm going to do great and mighty things that you know not, saith the Lord. And Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. Just shout the victory tonight. Hallelujah. Shout the victory tonight, saints. This has been a glorious encounter with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Shout the victory. Oh, Lord, shout the victory, shout the victory, shout the victory. Oh, the Lord is telling me to tell you one more thing, so we're going to go just to one more scripture. Because on the 17th day next month, or next week, 17th is the day of divine reversal. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 8, verse 4, this is the ark of Noah resting, but it rested in the mountains of Ararat on the 17th day. Notice what it says. It says, and the ark rested in the seventh month, in the 17th day of the month, in the mountains of Ararat. Do you know that Ararat means in Hebrew, the curse in reverse? The curse in reverse. God says, we're coming in a time where the enemy has tried to put some stuff upon God's people, but the curse is going in reverse. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. 
you are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.